You know it. Absolutely, positively, E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles, Eagles fight song. Welcome to a special Thursday night edition of The Stoop right here on Blog Talk Radio. We are 110% live. Just a few short days away from Super Bowl Sunday, our Super Bowl extravaganza this evening. I am your host, Jeff, the Philadelphia Eagles bleed green, number one fan, go Eagles, Perini. And with me as always, the amazing, the wonderful, the incredible co-hostess with the most is Jewel. I love Nick Foles, and I think he's going to lead us to victory this Sunday. Katie. Good Good evening. Are we pumped? We are so damn pumped. I am just covered in Eagle stuff. And for listeners out there, I've got on my Super Bowl hoodie. I've got my conference champion hat. I've got a Super Bowl pin. I've got football beads around my neck. Um, I've got pillows and the blankets and the and Eagles helmets and Eagles glasses and beer cans. and I'm Eagle everything, Jewel. You are dripping, dripping green. <laughs> I am dripping green. I'm pretty sure that if I got a knife and just gave myself a little cut, I guarantee it's bleeding green. Right down I'm there. I'm sure it is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's how stoked we are. Of course, if you've been living under a rock, then you don't know. So I'm going to tell you, Super Bowl Sunday. This Sunday, roughly around 6.30 kickoff, it is our lovely Philadelphia Eagles and some other team from up north. Patriot shit. And um feeling pretty good about it. We're going to talk about it a little bit later. We're going to do some predictions. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the Eagles. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff tonight. Uh, we're also going to talk some superhero and some television. As tonight's very special guest. Gentleman we're supposed to have last week. Didn't get to him. Unfortunately, we had a little uh, mishap. He's supposed to be here with us tonight. Robin the Boy Wonder himself from the 1960s Batman TV series. Burt Ward is going to be here tonight. Woohoo! Oh, yeah, super excited. It's like two of my favorite things of all time here, like Batman and Robin, Eagle Super Bowl on one show. It's hard to get any better. It is a hodgepodge of good things this week. I'm so excited. So excited to talk comic books and superheroes, and the Eagles are playing. Woo! Let's get it. Let's get it indeed. First time I think we've ever said hodgepodge here on the stoop, but I absolutely agree. That's what it is. And it's awesome. Hey, man. We'll just, Off the cuff. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, you're just, you're getting better every week. We love you for it. Um, so excited. Very excited. Eagles are still a four-point underdog. Um, the medical work came out today on Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski. He said he feels 100%. The doctor said he is cleared on percussion, uh, concussion protocol. So Gronkowski's in the lineup. That's another big one. No excuses, though. I want him in the lineup. I want everybody healthy. I'm no excuses. Yeah. Well, you know what they said today, that a couple of the players had the flu. They were calling it like a 24-hour flu, but that's scary. Yeah, I know. Um, probably, you know, it's the old cheating Patriot way. They probably poisoned all the food in the hotel where the Eagles are staying. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cheaters. Uh, Cheaters. Cheaters usually win. Okay. Top five list. We're all over the board tonight. Top five list. No, it's not Eagles related, folks. It's related to our guest, Mr. Burt Ward. He'll be with us around eight tonight. 
top five all-time sidekicks. Of course, we know Burt Ward played Robin the Boy Wonder in the 1966 television series Batman. And, of course, Robin uh, was Batman's sidekick. So we're going to tell you our top five favorite sidekicks. I'm going to go first. We seem to be taking turns of late. Who went first the other night? I'll go first tonight. I'm going to start out with number five, and it is Lenny Kosnowski. <laughs> Lenny and Squiggy from the Laverne Shirley Show. I love them two guys. They were not going. Squiggy was freaking hilarious, but Lenny was a great sidekick. And if you looked at him, you kind of figured it would be the other way around, like Lenny being the big tall guy, Squiggy would be the sidekick. But no, it was definitely Squiggy's gig. Lenny was along for the ride, but he was a great comic relief and terrific sidekick. That's number five. Number four, Miss Robin Quivers from the Howard Stern Show. And I got to tell you, very much uh, what we got going on here. I am the crude, loudmouth knucklehead, and Jewel's my Robin Quivers. <laughs> Only better. <laughs> Only better because she's, you know, she's a 50-50. For Robin, it's just yeah. kind of like a side, side thing. But uh, Robin Quivers, number four. And I had to admire the uh, women in the radio. That's for you. Yeah. Thanks. I didn't put you. I didn't put you on the list. That was a little too easy. But you're not really a sidekick. You're you're a fifty-fifty. Number 50, three, fifty-fifty. Number three, tattoo from Fantasy Island. The plane, boss. The plane. Now, who could ever forget that? A short little fella up top of the tower, ringing the bell, calling up the plane, come running down. He was Mr. Rourke's sidekick on Fantasy Island tattoo. And number three. Number two. Not because he's on the show tonight, but it is, of course, Robin the Boy Wonder, Batman's sidekick. I told you last time, last uh, Wednesday, when he was supposed to be on that, as kids, my brother was always Batman. I always had to be Robin. And I grew to really enjoy Robin and watch everything that Robin did. So, yeah, my number two all-time sidekick, Robin the Boy Wonder. Number one, we got to go to my favorite movie series of all time. The two of my favorite characters of all time, and one of them, of course, is the greatest sidekick, in my opinion. I noticed when I looked through some of these charts that a lot of people say he's number one of all time, and it's Chewbacca, Han Solo's right hand oh. man. <laughs> good try, that's good. good <laughs> Co pilot of the Millennium Falcon, and one badass dude, Chewbacca, my number one. All-time sidekick. And that is my top five list for sidekicks. We're going to bring it on to my not sidekick, but rather my 50% partner co-hostess with the most is Jewel Tatey. And she's going to tell us her top five sidekicks. And if I'm on that list, I'm going to be pissed. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> not on the list. <laughs> All right. Why not? Here we go. Um, number five, Donkey from Shrek. Who doesn't awesome. love Donkey? Voiced yeah. by Eddie Murphy. Donkey was just the butt of a lot of jokes and Shrek was really mean to him and he stuck by his side and I, I just I love Donkey how can you not he sings he tries to make you feel better he's the best sidekick number four of course it has to be Dick Grayson Robin came along and just changed the game for Batman he gave like Batman kind of a heart and uh you know, Batman opened up a little bit to Robin. So, um, yeah, he's the most iconic sidekick of all time. So he definitely has to be on the list. Uh, number three for you. Okay. Three. Ethel Mertz. Ethel had Lucy's back like a true ride-or-die chick. She was That's always awesome. get, 
getting Lucy out of trouble or trying to and then getting herself into trouble. She was down for whatever. She was a great friend and a great psychic. Number two. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. The Dude Abides. It's Walter Sobchak. I didn't even know what his last name was, but apparently it's Walter Sobchak, played by John Goodman. (laughs) Market Zero! He's great. Again, a true friend. Went anywhere for the dude. Was his uh, wingman when he had to drop off some cash. And, uh, yeah, how can you not love John Goodman as Walter in that movie? And number one, my favorite cartoon and the best little smartest kitty in the world is Sailor Moon Sidekick, and that's Luna. Luna was like a genius cat, and she's really pretty and black, and I named my cat after Luna. But she always helped Sailor Moon, and she even tried to fight some enemies with her. So she is just a special little sidekick, and she's my favorite. Number one. <laughs> That's a good one. Now, i got to ask you, and I'm not saying this to be smart. Now, Luna, is that supposed to be like a play on words of, like, lunar, since it's moon? Yeah, well, it's Sailor Moon, Luna, like, right. all the planets. Um, okay. All of, the, all of the enemies in Sailor Moon have, like, rock names, like Beryl and Zoisite, Nephrite. All right, I said too much. <laughs> yeah? No, you're good. <laughs> just, I'm just curious, trying to find out. It's very um, cool show. So you say, you're a big fan. I know a lot of women are big fans. <laughs> I, of course, I've never watched it. My generation. But I'll take your word for it. Well, thank you for that. Of course, we always <laughs> got to go age here on the stoop. You know, uh, speaking of which, I know we said on the last show that most of our listeners are uh, males. Well, we're also uh, 25% my age bracket, 25%. Your age bracket, 50% is the youngsters, 18 to 24. So thanks really? For yeah. Thank well, I you guess, for you know, listening, guys. Sure. <laughs> I assume with, like, the uh, the Bella Lisa's and the Alyssa Jarrells and stuff like that, and where their younger friends and, and family and stuff will listen in. So that's great. Yes. Can I say something the, about Bella real quick? Absolutely. She has a new single out tomorrow, Bella Elise. Go check it out. Bella, E-L-Y-S-E-E. She is amazing, and she has new music coming your way. And guess what? She's going to be back on the stoop soon. We're going to work with her. We're going to find out when she wants us to play her new single and for it to be released, and I'm really excited. I love that. It's very exciting. She was an outstanding guest, very talented young lady, Bella Elise, with new music. So we love when our uh, previous guests come out with new stuff. Uh, let's rehash the top five list. And, of course, uh, my number five was Lenny from Lenny and Squiggy. Number four, Robin Quivers from the Howard Stern Show. Number three, Tattoo from Fantasy Island. Number two, Robin the Boy Wonder. And number one, <laughs> it's Chewbacca. That's not You do that good. Eh, it's okay. That's all I got. Uh, Jules List, number five, Donkey. And I saw that, and I'm like, you know what? I can't believe I didn't put that on. That's great stuff. Number four, Dick Grayson. Little trips on the Robin the Boy Wonder thing. Very good. Uh, Ethel Mertz, which is actually a hilarious one. I love that. Uh, Walter Sobchak from... Um, what the hell is that movie called again? Oh, The Big Lebowski. The Big Lebowski. Let's the big go, Lenny, Jeff. Big Lenny Kosnowski. <laughs> uh, and number one, of course, uh, everybody's favorite, Sailor Moon's Kitty Luna. Meow. Meow. She actually talks like this with this, like, British accent. She's very cute. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> That's something else. Uh, <laughs> let's take a second and thank last night's guest. I think I'm still laughing from last night's show. Um, 
we had comedian, local comedian, Philly guy, Brian Six was our guest last night, and he was hilarious. And I got to tell you, I don't want to get, I don't want to say the word. We'll say it later after after Burt Ward, so his listening audience yeah. doesn't get overly offended. But uh, it starts with a chuckle, and you know the last word. But uh, <laughs> I probably said that word a thousand times after I got off the air. But he was hilarious, and I uh, took a second <laughs> to thank him on Facebook, and he said he had an awesome time, and uh, we thank him for coming on. Very funny, dude. Yeah. Very funny. Another <laughs> another great Jill Tady find from our great city. And he's going to be at the Piazza on uh, February 10th. February 10th, Creep Records. Um, $10 to get in. Free beer. Beer. <laughs> now, here's again, because Brian said this rather emphatically. You're not getting a beer. Like, you're not getting $10 on a free beer. You're getting beers, uh, like beers until they Loads run out of, of beer. It. Loads. Lots and lots of beers. Lots and lots of beer. So I've uh, I kicked around the wife and uh, we're thinking about it. Yeah. One hell of a good can't beat free beer. Free beer, comedy, I mean all I do now is give out free chicken wings and I'm pretty sure I'm like living there. That's amazing. And that's such a cool place. Like when it's nice out, um they play the Phillies games out there, they'll play the Eagles games like on the huge big screen. I don't know if yes. you're familiar. It's yeah. so cool. And there's so many good shops. My favorite burger joint was down there too, but they closed PYT. That place is awesome with the Krispy wow. Kreme burgers. I was never there. Um I always seen their videos and everybody used to always post it. It looks so damn good. But I yeah. never got there now they're closed. Adult milkshakes, they will put yeah. bourbon or whatever in the milkshakes. So good. Jack asked me to go to places like that French fry place, which was absolutely horrible. Horrible. I forget French the name fry. of it. Yeah, it's in the, it's in like the center city area. It's, uh, it's like a special... Oh, Shoe Fly. Oh. It sucks. Never heard of it. Sorry to give you bad publicity on our show, but it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I was all hyped up for like this thousands of varieties of French fries, and had like eight. Oh man! And uh, yeah, Terrible. nothing great, nothing great. So we got so hyped and talking about the Super Bowl that I'm going to start off with this topic because it kind of doesn't really relate to the Super Bowl, but it relates to one of the teams in the Super Bowl. It's like the uh, New England Patriots edition, if you will. <laughs> A new version of Monopoly is coming out. Uh, it's considered the Cheaters edition. So the Cheaters uh, edition follows the rules of the classic Monopoly, except this version encourages players to break the rules. In addition to community chess and chance cards, this version includes 15 cheat cards. At any point of the game, five of these cards can be in the middle of the board, and they encourage players to cheat in various ways, from collecting rent on other players' property, or stealing money from the bank, or murdering... No, not murdering your character, but it sounded good, didn't it? Um... What do you think about a classic now teaching uh, the young kids today about how to cheat? It's so awful. Why would they do this? I mean, people cheat at Monopoly anyway because it takes you a good 10 hours to finish the game. Um, my sister used to cheat at it all the time. And now <laughs> they're going to just make it acceptable? I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't quite get a game that is geared towards cheating. I mean, that's the whole, the whole purpose of playing a game is to win it. And it's funny because you said that um, Monopoly used to take so many hours to finish. Uh, two versions that had fixed that problem. Um, in the 80s, they came out with a Monopoly Playmaster. And there was an electronic machine to put in the center of the board, and it actually synced to the game. 
The playmaster no would make the moves. Oh, yeah, it would make the moves. And after uh, X amount of turns, uh, properties weren't bought, they would go up for auction. Uh, if you own two properties, I own one. After so many spins, it would call a buyback, and I had to give mine up. I had to rebuy it from auction, or you had a chance to buy it. Um, you could take a loan out from the bank that would come up after seven spins. A lot of great stuff that sped the game up made it really, really neat. And um, the other thing I used to love, uh, and I still have it, PlayStation 2's version of Monopoly uh, was also very good. You can make trades, um, and it just monitored the board, and there's different modes you can have to have the game move along pretty quick. You can play a quality, good quality game in like 20 minutes' time. And I mean fun. Oh, so well. It's not like it was, yeah, really great. A lot yeah, different neat. than, yeah, like back in the day when you go around the board and somebody would land, nobody wanted to trade, nobody forced you to trade, and you would just sit there and collect $10 and $10 and $10 and 10, <laughs> and 10 yeah. We're walking Park Place. I'm sitting on St. James Place. That's what it is, right? The the Playmaster was so neat. I actually won a couple times um, just by sucking up the railroads. I was a railroad guy. I used to get the railroads, uh-huh. 200, 200, 200, and it would add up. And then, you know, people with their houses and hotels, you just dodge them. And eventually, they go broke on somebody else. You get their stuff. And that's the other thing, too. You know, people go broke. And I actually divvies out who gets what stuff, so there's no big bartering shit. Pretty neat, but a, uh, a cheater's edition is um, yeah. I wouldn't want to play that. I'm not a good cheater. You can have Tom Brady and the deflated football as little pieces. <laughs> yeah, That's I like funny. that. Yeah, you can have a little Spygate camera. Uh, you can have referees. A little referees, a good good character. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. That would be the New England edition. Meanwhile, the, the Philly edition would have a little little Super Bowl trophy and. Little cheesesteak. Rocky statue. The Rocky Marty statue. Trophy. There Nick we Foles. go. I yeah, like it. It's the Eagles versus Patriots cheating edition of Monopoly. It's apparently getting a little cold. Do <laughs> not. Like Don't get me sick, Jeff. Don't do it. <laughs> that is the um that's the ten oh one hour here to stoop and me and Joel start making out with each other and spreading each other's germs. Don't not get really. me sick. How am I gonna get you? Okay. How am I gonna get you sick? Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Whatever. <laughs> uh, finally, researchers have perfected a way for you to stay social without actually leaving the comfort of your own home by having a surrogate strap on an iPad mask and venture out into the world for you. Well, Japanese researcher June. Rekamoto presented his new tech called Chameleon Mask at the uh, MIT Tech Reviews M-Tech this week. Um, select all reports. A Chameleon Mask has apparently <laughs> been described as a human Uber, but it's really closer to a mobile FaceTime. So I can walk down the street with a jewel face and represent you in society. Is this usually the dumbest thing you've ever heard? It's so weird and so genius. I can't get over it. <laughs> Genius. You know, I, I get the, I kind of get the thing of uh, somebody robbing a bank and using like a FaceTime of my face. Like I've, yeah. they've got an iPad yeah. right head with my face. <laughs> what do you look like? Uh, you have this Eagles uh, hat on. <laughs> feel like an Eagles hoodie and a goatee and glasses. It's weird though. It's female face. face. Yeah, it's female face. It's kind of weird, like his face almost looked like he's going to fall off. He's in a box or something. <laughs> box. Oh, my God. We have really hit 
rock bottom of laziness. We really have. Um, funny little story. Uh, as you know, when I'm not being the stupid host and entertainer for you, I actually have a job during the day, which sucks. I'm in the automotive service business. And um, a couple months back, we're talking to uh, another guy in the field, another dealership. I had to call him about a car. And uh, I hear him saying in the background, he's like, man, I hate this friggin' job. I hate people. <laughs> I got news for you, dude. If you hate people, you are absolutely positively in the wrong line of work because you're easily being approached by at least 30 people a day and probably talking to another 100 on the phone. I don't quite see how you can hate people and function. You know what? This is probably really good for people with anxiety issues. Like, can't even go out of the house. Crippling anxiety. Like, you could just use this, but only for a little bit of time because then it could, like, work. You could work your way back into society as a functioning human being. (laughs) I know where this could be kind of good. Like, let's say you got a date with this girl. You meet her online and you only see her face and you got a date with her. And she falls ill or something. So she's kind of overly thin, doesn't have any proportions. But she takes her iPad face and sticks it on her friend who's got big boobs and a big butt. Winner. That's a winner right there. (laughs) You now have dream Oh, my God. Yeah, but what if you pick up her iPad and then it's like a butter face? Oh, I'm sure it's going to be. That's why she's hiding behind the face of her friend. I mean, come on now. Can't have everything. Or she's just a surrogate for her friend's face. <laughs> face surrogate. We've really reached the end of the line. You know what? I hate to be cruel, but nuke us now and start over. If you can nuke us all now and start over, I'd recommend it. We're a friggin' mess. She can't, can't wear your own face in public. <laughs> it's pretty funny because I... I almost like want to try it. You know what? That's better than robots, though. I don't know yeah, how the robot. person underneath feels, though. Like, what does that feel like? Just having that strapped to your face? You've got like an iPad strapped to your face. Like, how do they see? I really don't know. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> well, I didn't really think of that. I mean, you can't necessarily put eye holes through it, so I guess you can't really see nothing. Hmm. <laughs> This idea is getting dumber by the second. <laughs> don't argue with me, people. I just read them. I don't make them up. Jesus. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> we ask Bert what he thinks about that. Coming up at 830. Uh, millennials are the first generation ever to admit that going out actually sucks. Wow. This, you know, I don't even want to read on because I'm already dumbed down about it, but... In quotes now, they're the greatest generation of couch potatoes. It's how the New York Post, in one of the most amazing articles ever written, describes millennials. The case against us? We're streaming more, spending more time on our phones than Gen X, declining to socialize in person, and maybe most damning of all, quote, more young people are choosing to spend a quiet evening at home. We're not even cool enough to get drunk. A 2016 survey by Huntington found that millennials do bother to venture outside. 75% drink in... Well, oh, i got to chill. Drink in moderation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Yeah, this is... Uh, man, what is going on tonight? What did you do to me? 
<laughs> I just found out that I'm a millennial, like right at the second, because I'm like, I'm not a millennial. That's, you know, the kids below me. But no, I'm a millennial. It says between 1977 and 1994. Hmm. Um, hmm. I believe this, though, because I feel like with technology and everything's in your face all day, first of all, you're more health conscious. That's what I found out about the un- younger generation. Um, you have everything you need at home. So once you have, like, I don't know, a guy or gal and you're sitting at home and you just rather have a drink or two at home than go out and deal with the public and fighting and bars and all that. So, um, yeah, I, I really thought this was for, like, kids younger than me for some reason. But I like staying at home. Like, if I stay home, I'm still going to have a good time. Like, you know, I have my music and couple of beers, like video games, that's a party. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I'm not anti-staying home. Um, but this article almost makes it sound like going out at all is just like frowned upon. Maybe like going out and socially drinking. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 you know, I enjoy uh, doing my thing. Now you go out way more than I go out. I know that for a fact. <laughs> I do. I, you know, we we tend to get out a lot when we can. I like getting out and being a part of society. I'm not a fighter though. You said fighting, but like I said, like this Sunday, everybody says where are you going for the Super Bowl? I'm not going anywhere. I'm I'm going to be in my house, and uh, I invited uh, some people over, and they're coming. Uh, unfortunately, I mentioned to Jewel, and I think she's coming. Don't tell her I said that, because that's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. I'm not coming to that crap. <laughs> not coming to that crap. No, seriously, we kept it you know, fairly small. We didn't want to go crazy. But I don't want to go out. Like, I don't want to be in a bar with, like, 200 armchair quarterbacks telling me what every play means and how they're supposed to be doing things on every down and give the ball to this guy and that guy. I know all that. I watch the game. I watch it yeah. religiously. I don't, I don't need commentary. I'll, I'll be my own commentary. I'll tell you how it's supposed to be on Facebook because, you know, I like to post like 700 times during the game. I don't know if you ever knew. Yeah, and I feel like guys especially are going to be extremely annoying out that night. They're going to be like, oh, my God, well, he did this because of that. Like, exactly like you said, like, you know the game. They're explaining it to you. Like, that could get annoying very quickly. Um, For the celebrations even, I don't know. Mike's like, oh, why don't we take Joey down to Common in Frankfurt? I was like, hell no. There's going to be so many drunk people trying to climb the poles and beers flying and everything like that. But you want to celebrate because it's your hometown team. But maybe we'll do something for the parade. Yeah, I'm when uh, we win. thinking about that too. And I you know, kind of goofed and I, I took my day off today when I was supposed to hold it in the bank till Tuesday or Wednesday in case they want to see the parade. Yeah, I goofed on that. Crap. But um, you know, <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> um, you, you know, don't look so comes, good. <laughs> I don't feel so good. I've got a uh, the six day flu. Yeah. <laughs> Engulfing my whole body. I mean, I'm still healthy enough right now to be on a show, drink beer, go to work tomorrow, go to work Saturday, go out this weekend, watch on Sunday. But I think it's going to kick in around Monday, Tuesday. So wish me luck. Yes. <laughs> um, six. Godspeed. The parade flu. <laughs> the bird so in the midst of the bird flu, hey, I like that. So in the midst of everybody crying foul about um, Trump's tax plans and 
all these retail outlets closing down, all these stores closing chains. Amazon posted its largest profit in history on sales, $2 billion profit. Wow. Yeah. Society's in trouble, I guess, right? <laughs> um, yeah. That wasn't his story. <laughs> What's that? Mm, I guess I mean, retail. That, huh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, retail might retail might be in trouble, but obviously, uh, we talked about it the other day with online shopping and stuff. Um, so, all right, let's get down to the moment that we all waited for. Uh, our very special guest, right at the 8:30 hour, Robin the Boy Wonder himself from the Batman series. It is none other than Burt Ward. Burt, welcome to the Stoop Radio Show. Hello, citizens. <laughs> wow. Hi, Bert. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> Bert, great how are to be you? here, guys. Thanks. It's great to have you, man. We're looking very forward to this. Uh, we are both huge fans of the, of the, uh, the Batman series and yourself, and you're always a great actor, and we've seen some of your past interviews, and there's always a riot. So thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. We're going to have a good time talking the Talk some Batman, talk some charity stuff. So you ready to go? I'm ready to go, citizen. Awesome. All right. Thank you very much. <laughs> so let's uh, let's get right to it. Uh, how did you uh, how did you land your role as Robin on the Batman series? How did you get discovered? Well, I was a young actor going to UCLA, studying privately with uh, some professional coaches, and uh, uh, my father was a prominent real estate broker in Beverly Hills, and uh, I sat on the houses on weekends. Uh, for people to come in and possibly buy a house that he was uh, promoting. And one of the producers uh, from uh, 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 named Saul David uh, came uh, and looked at a house and ultimately purchased it. And uh, in speaking to him, he was kind enough to watch a scene that I did and even more kind to recommend that I go to see an agent that he knew, uh, and which I did. And, of course, when I first saw the agent, the agent said to me, well, I can't get any work for the actors I already got. I don't need another actor. Don't expect to work for a year, but I'm going to take you because this producer said to do it, and I better not get him upset. So I said, well, okay, well, thank you. Uh, you know, I felt like about work since And I didn't hear from them for a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden I get a call and from someone in their office who didn't even know what it was. It just says, oh, they're having some kind of a casting thing tomorrow over 20th Century Fox. We left your name on the list. I said, oh, well, what's it about? Well, we don't know. Just go over there about 4.30 in the afternoon, which is what I did. And uh, I was uh, ushered to a uh, bungalow where a casting director uh, spoke to me for a few minutes. And then he said, would you like to meet the executive producer? Well, I had never been on an interview, so I didn't know what to expect. And I figured, well, hey, everybody gets to meet the executive producer, (laughs) which uh, is not true, actually. And uh, so uh, I went in to meet the executive producer, who uh, William Dozier, who looked at me and he said, well, you're kind of big for this part. And I said, oh, sir, if you hire me, I promise you I won't grow anymore. <laughs> and, and he laughed. And then I, you know, but, you know, I, I shook his hand. I looked him straight in the eye. I wasn't tentative. You know, I wasn't afraid and, and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, he spoke to me a few minutes and then said, would you like to do a screen test? I said, sure. I figured everybody got to do a screen test. Well, that's not true either. 
But uh, so I was invited, and a couple of weeks later, I did a screen test. Uh, but I was given a, a script. Really, was just two pages. That all it said on that was Bruce and Dick, and then some dialogue. And I was introduced to a man named Adam West. I spoke awesome. to him for a couple of minutes before the screen test, and and instantly we became friends, and we were laughing and talking and. Uh, so I did the screen test. I said, well, thank you very much. I started to leave. They said, well, well wait a minute. Don't, don't go right now. We have something else for you to do. I said, oh, what's that? They said, over on the other corner of this uh, soundstage is a dressing room. We've got two wardrobe men waiting for you. Uh, they're going to help you get dressed. I said, well, I'm perfectly capable of dressing myself. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You go over there. They're going to help you get dressed. So I go over there. I walk in there, and there's two guys in there. And then I, I see this, like, a big couch, and it's just filled with clothes. I, I turned to one of them. I said, am I going to put on some of this? They said, no. You're going to put on all of it. I said, what? <laughs> and they put this costume on me. The most horrendous thing I have ever put on my entire life. I was so uncomfortable. I couldn't even walk properly. And as I kind of hobbled out the dressing room door, I remember distinctly turning to them and saying, you know, the good news is after another 15 minutes of doing this screen test, I'll never have to wear this costume again. Well, famous <laughs> last words, right? So, the rest is history. Six weeks, right, six weeks go by. And I keep getting phone calls from the studio. What's your shoe size? What's your hat size? Well, I don't wear a hat. Well, go out and get your head measured. I said, where do I go to get my head measured? Go to a tailor. All of this stuff. And then I get a call from these agents who never wanted to take me in the first place. And this is about uh, six or seven weeks after the screen test. They said, come on in and sign contracts. So I figured hey, they're really going to represent me. I'm going in to sign my agency contract. Well, when I went in and I sat down and looked at the paperwork, it didn't say the name of the agency. It said 20th Century Fox. I said, what's this? And they said, your contracts. I said, well, well, I thought these were agency contracts. Oh, no, you got the part. I said, really? I said, what do you mean? The studio didn't tell you? Well, the studio thought, the agents told me. The agents thought the studio told me. For, for about two and a half weeks, I had the role and didn't know it. Wow. That's so amazing. <laughs> That's crazy, though. Oh, man. Um, it sure was. And by the way, there was a, a bit of competition. There, were, uh, I actually found out when the exec, I met the executive producer um, probably another 10 days later, and he said, uh, Bert, would you like to know why we selected you to play the part of Robin? And I said, yes, sir. He said, well, first of all, I want you to know there were 1,100 young actors interviewed for this role. And I figured, wow, that's some serious competition. He said, but the reason we picked you was because forgetting television, if there really was a rock, I mean a real, not, 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 not a comic book, not a television show, but really in life, we think you, Bert, would be it. So we don't wow. want you to, quote, act. We want you to be yourself and be enthusiastic, which is what I did for 120 episodes. That's great That's stuff. Amazing. Um, we also read that you were quite the athlete in your high school days. Um, did that help you with playing the role of Robin? Oh, absolutely. I was uh, actually voted the best athlete in my uh, uh, grade school, and then I was on um, – 
wrestling team, track team, a whole bunch of stuff, and, and tennis team, golf team in my high school. Uh, I was also a brown belt in karate at the time. And uh, so I love the fight scenes, and it, and it really did help doing it. But I think what, what, what really did it was the fact that I wasn't afraid, I wasn't trying to act. I just went in and had a great time, and the chemistry between Adam West and myself, which who could have predicted what that would have been, was just like instantaneous. And there was something about – because Adam – Adam is incredibly stoic. You know what I mean? In other words, yes. he really was like he, you see him on television. In other words, he <laughs> thought of himself kind of like Winston Churchill. You know? <laughs> he once said to me that he fully understood what it was like to play Batman when he watched Charlton Heston play Moses in the Ten Commandments. <laughs> and, oh my God! You know, I mean, here is he, he, Moses is parting the Red Sea, right? So, I mean, and and for me, I was just the opposite. I was like the kid that never grew up, and is and is stoic and and reserved and Batman esque as he was. I was a wild, crazy, very fast on their feet kid, and this chemistry of opposites and yeah. combining with the campy style, the the subtle meanings uh, sometimes innuendos that all of that together work to really reach a broad audience that's awesome so i mean here you are like a young guy kind of like in your first experience and you're with these big stars like adam west uh julie newmar cesar romero burgess meredith Olmer, nomard was it like a big shock to you to finally be this famous like you said you're like this younger guy bouncing all over say the stage with these ex- experienced uh actors how did that make Well, you know, I never thought of myself as famous. You have to understand, maybe because I, I hadn't been kicked around for 10 years and rejected sure. to the point of, mm. you know, I, I, I just, you know, I walked in, I, I was open, relaxed, had fun with it, and got the job. And, but, but I will tell you this, it, making uh, movies and television really isn't what you might think it is, you know? People right. see these stars that show up at the, you know, grand openings or world premieres, and they're all the, you know, and they interviews and oh, hello, Dolly, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> you know? it, it wasn't exactly like that for me. Here's what it was like: it was like going to work every morning at 7:30 in the morning. You had to be there on time. Getting makeup put on, which is thick and uncomfortable, and all this stuff. Putting on the most horrendous costume in the world. Okay. And then sitting around for 45 minutes to wait to work for 30 seconds. And then wow. waiting another 45 minutes for another 30 seconds on an ice-cold soundstage that you had to wear a big, heavy robe when you, when you weren't shooting to keep from freezing to death. And then <laughs> the closest person in age to me, because I was 21, was Adam West, who was 37 at the time. Oh, wow. All the rest of the people... Were, were these top professional, you know, cameramen and lighting guys. And, and, you know, but these guys were all in their 50s and 60s because they had spent many years just to become where they were. You know, they're wonderful professionals. So for me, it was kind of a lonely experience. And uh, the only time I really noticed any difference was about three and a half months after the show came out when I made my first personal appearance at a shopping mall. And I'll never forget, it was like pandemonium. People were sleeping on the streets. 
like wow. five days before I got there. I mean, and, and Adam wasn't even with me. He was in New York uh, filling Shea Stadium where I went out and, uh, and I was supposed to sign autographs, but they couldn't even do that. There were, they handed out raffle tickets, more than 310,000 raffle tickets were wow. handed out to the people that were there. I will tell you one funny thing happened. Uh, it made me realize that not everybody had watched Batman because here I am dressed with the University of Washington football team, kind of like a bodyguards walking me, with me, and and walking down this long mall to get to where I was supposed to greet people. And coming the other way were these two elderly ladies who, when they took a look at me and saw me in the costume, one lady turned to the other and said, "Huh, damn hippie." Oh my goodness! Um, Yeah, and we were so sad to hear about the passing of Adam West. Um, Did you two remain close? And and you know, oh my gosh, we worked together just about every week for fifty-two years. Adam and I were incredibly close. Not just on the set, we were great friends, our families were friends. I remember even during the series, but the terrible long hours, occasionally on a weekend we'd get out and go play some tennis together, and people who were coming to these kind of public tennis courts would sit there and look at it, and all of a sudden, oh my God, that's Batman and Robin! <laughs> you know, craziness. Um, and then we've done so many thousands of personal appearances even last year okay we must have done 20 events together and and with tremendous turnout dallas 80,000 paid attendance to come see adam wow. and i uh toronto canada 160,000 paid attendance to see us and people would literally stand in line for hours to get a chance to come up and say hello ask a question and we loved meeting people and adam was such an incredibly friendly, funny, wonderful human being, and I miss him terribly. Yeah, we all do. Even his uh, his later days of, of uh, Mayor West and all his great characters, a, a hilarious and excellent actor. Um, going back to the Robin um, character, there's always stories going around about the Robin suit. Uh, legends go on. Uh, it was uncomfortable, too tight caused physical damage, and of course the famous story about you having to uh, keep tucking it in. Uh, tell us some stories about your Robin costume and uh, well, <laughs> how that hurt you through you know, your days. I, look, let's, let's face the situation for what it is. Man was not built for tight, right? Okay, <laughs> so already you have a problem starting off. And then when you, you know, combine with all of the, I mean, really, it, very tight, very snug, and, uh, and, and it's so funny because uh, you really – it probably wouldn't have mattered who was in the tight. But, it, but in any event, the long and short of it was there was a lot of talk and there, there was – I mean, you have to understand, there, everybody was so excited about this. was the number one show in the world that right. – you know, I mean, there were psychiatrists trying to analyze what they call the strange and unnatural relationship between Batman and Robin. And I used wow. to say to people, wait a minute, what's so strange and unnatural about two guys that run around wearing tights and live together? <laughs> Come on! <laughs> you know? In a big giant cave, nevertheless. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right, you know, and, a, and a, a phallic symbol Batmobile. I mean, all of this stuff that was analyzed and reanalyzed, 
But, you know, we did this show as a lot of fun. We played it straight for the kids. The adults loved the nostalgia of the comic book. And at that time, there was an audience that the networks could just not get to watch television, which was the teenagers and the college kids. I mean, their attitude was, why would I want to sit inside when I can go out and do all this kind of stuff? Well, with our double meanings and campy style and very suggestive nature, all of a sudden these kids were like, oh, my gosh, i got to watch this. And I found out that dorms at the colleges for two hours in advance, they had filled up in their you know, dining rooms and stuff to get seats before Batman came on just so they'd have a seat to watch the show. That's yeah. awesome. And that's what made it so iconic. It's just that those kind of jokes and, and the way you guys pulled it off. Um, when did you know that, okay, I'm playing this iconic role. Now you're like a legend. Like, did you did you ever read the comic books? And, and afterwards, did you know how much of an impact, like, uh, your Batman was? Well, it, here's the thing. Where I live there were no Batman comic books sold. So I never saw a Batman comic book, and that's why when I went to try out, I'd never heard of Batman. And in fact, at my screen test, there was no mention of comic books or Batman. Okay? I didn't know. I thought it might be some Shakespeare period piece. But but the costumes (laughs) were crazy. But I do remember one thing you might find interesting. I really believe that thoughts are things. Because as a child, all I wanted to be was Superboy. And I, that they did have Superman and Superboy comics, and I have photos of me uh, on my tricycle at four years of age with a bath towel held together by a clothespin around my neck, and I just oh. wanted to be Superboy. Later on, <laughs> I thought about stuff like that as I was, I was in, you know, becoming a teenager. And I used to spend a lot of time just kind of, I don't plain ball by myself and uh, outside, and I was, I was very much an athlete, kicking the ball around when I was alone and outside and just had a lot of fun but i i was thinking about what it would be like to be a superhero and isn't that interesting that later on i would get a chance and and succeed that's amazing that's incredible. how about that <laughs> full circle but it, uh that's awesome stuff just awesome um well you talk about like some of the ideas geared to get teenagers and, and college kids uh into the show and i guess i'm going to kind of assume that was the angle with um with the Catwoman and Batgirl, I mean, they had some beautiful women, Julie Newmar, Lee Merriweather, uh, Eartha Kid, Yvonne Craig, um, all in these skin-tight outfits. Was that part of the allure? I mean, was that, was that the, the gimmick to have women well, in skin-tight outfits? Here, here's what it was. This was a show that was different from any other show in television history. This was the first show where the we actors actually communicated directly communicated directly with the audience, and we used to say that we put on our tights to put on the world. In other words, people watching our show actually became involved because all of a sudden they could tell, wait a minute, what are they saying? They must be putting us on. I mean, and at that point, everybody got a lot more interested because they were always trying to figure out, wait a minute, is he really saying, does he really mean, oh, come on, you know, that kind of stuff. (laughs) People loved it. That's great. Um, tell us about the um, so tell us about the new Batman '66 uh, exhibit, uh, the museum exhibit. Sounds awesome. Uh, are you making appearances, and uh, where can we find this uh, exhibit? Well, 
there is an amazing first of its kind Batman exhibit at the Hollywood Museum uh, right there at the corner of Hollywood Boulevard and Highland. It is an amazing work. Uh, it, what's so amazing is I don't know how they did it, but they pulled in thousands of relics from our show, costumes worn by the original villains, my costume, Batman's costume, the Batmobile, the Batcopter, the Batcycle, the scripts, the the, uh, the decorations on the set, parts of the Batcave, parts of Wayne Manor. I mean, they somehow reached out to literally thousands of collectors, and they assembled, which is a once-in-a-lifetime exhibit, in my opinion, and the people that have come there literally have been in a state of shock. It, it takes you right back as though you were right on that set when we were making Batman. Oh, wow. That, that's incredible. I would like that like summer sports. Uh, how long is this going to run? Is it a permanent fixture? Uh, no, I believe it is uh, right now just till the end of April. They, they may extend it you know, by popular demand, but I, that's, it, that's, that's all I know right now. There was a a grand opening, like a pre-opening for celebrities on January 10th that I attended. And then on January 12th, which was the 52nd anniversary of Batman when it premiered, that's when it opened and, and the turnaway audiences. I mean, they just, you couldn't even get in. It was just packed tight. That's, that's incredible. <laughs> I was such a fan too. I watched that show religiously up and I loved it. And, uh, I was telling uh, Jewel earlier here in the studio, growing up, my brother was older. He was always Batman. I was always Robin. So I always got to do the, um, the Robin character. A uh, little bit more about Batman on other subjects. Who was, uh, who was some of your favorite villains, and uh, what were some of your favorite episodes? Well, well, I, I loved everyone because I was dealing with some of the top actors and actresses in Hollywood. I mean, Vincent Price, Joan Collins. Cesar Romero. I mean, all of these were great people, and for me, I was like like the kid in the candy store, that every one was a special, very special opportunity to meet and work with these people. Great stuff. That's, that's so awesome. Um, I'm so enjoying hearing about all the Batman stories. It's so incredible. Um, but you also have a huge part in this Gentle Giants uh, rescue and, and the dog food. Um, can you tell our listeners about that? Well, um, you know, let me tell you, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, on Batman, you know, we were superheroes, and we were rescuing Gotham City citizens, right? And I like to say that I was the Kate Crusader, and now I am the Canine Crusader. And <laughs> my wife and I are very into charity, and for the last 24 years of my life, my wife and I have spent rescuing more than 15,500 dogs. Every That's one incredible. would have been put to death if we hadn't been there to save them, provide food, shelter, complete medical care. And in every single case, we found them a safe, loving home. And it's all charity. That's amazing. And we've never taken a penny from this, okay? And in the course, I mean, if you just think of it. If you have... 50 or more dogs in your house like I do for the last 24 years, and these wow. dogs you save from death, you obviously want them to live the longest, healthiest life possible. And what happened was, because we were rescuing the giant breeds, and which just happened to be that, that they have the shortest lifespan. 
And wow. these dogs, if we didn't get them adopted, they would die at seven, eight, nine years of age. And my wife and I would cry in every instance. And we said, if there's any way we could change things, we will. And we literally spent incredible number of hours, incredible amounts of money into the millions of dollars to find a way to help not just these dogs, but all dogs live longer. And we first developed a feeding and care program, which I'd like your listeners, if they want, go to our website at GentleGiantsDogFood.com. Read about our special feeding and care program, how we feed and care for dogs. And then, after increasing the average lifespan of each dog by three years, just by following this way of feeding and care, we then discovered a way to help them live a lot longer. We started making our own dog food, which we didn't have any idea about selling. This was because we wanted these dogs to live longer. But what we found out, guys, was so disturbing to us that we never got over it. And here's what we found out. We found out that all the dog food companies know something that we people don't know, which is the more fat content you put in dog food, the hungrier it makes dogs. Wow. And dog food is loaded with fat. And just like, do you remember six years ago, Morgan Spurlock went into a McDonald's, ate every meal for a month, gained 55 pounds. He almost died. They made a movie called Supersize Me. Yes. That's exactly the same thing. Dog food is loaded with fat. Our, well, we don't, we, so we made our own. And we're not trying to sell more dog food because we just want the dogs to live longer. So we didn't add any fat. So our fat content is 9%. Just about everybody else is 12 to 22% crude fat, all right? And, th- and if that wasn't bad enough, dogs love the smell and taste of meat, but they don't like the smell and taste of fat. So they don't want to eat the dog food. So the manufacturers found a way to get them to eat it, which is after they put all the fat in it and it's made, they then spray the outside of every kibble with a different kind of animal fat that the dogs will eat. Oh my God! Would you take take bacon grease and pour it down your garbage disposal at home? Of course not. It would ruin it. So if you wouldn't take animal fat and pour it down your garbage disposal, which would ruin it, why would you feed a dog kibble and food that every single kibble is encapsulated in grease? That's the greasy feeling you feel when you feel dog food. So what did we do? We made a food that, again, because it's our charity, my wife and I take no salary. We take nothing from it. And our Gentle Giants dog food, which is now nationally in Walmart and in many other stores, we, we take nothing from, but it is it sells for half the price of what you would pay in a pet store. So our motto is half the price and twice the life, and it's called Gentle Giants. And I'd also, if I could, mention our Facebook page because sure. our charity helps people. And we have a Facebook page called Gentle Giants Dog Food and Products. Every week, more than 1,100 people write in or, or communicate th- through Facebook asking for help. Well, what do I do about this with my dog? And what do I do about that? And we help people for free. And I tell people, where in the world today do you get free help? I don't know any place, but this is yeah. charity. We take nothing from it. And, and, again, like I said, our Gentle Giants dog food is in Walmart. It's online at Chewy.com, Walmart.com, PetSmart.com. 
We take nothing from it, but if you think about it, if we can help your dog have five to ten more years of a healthy life, not only is it great for your dog, but what does it do for the dog owner to have their favorite pet for another five or ten years? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. So that's, that's our that's charity. And, and, we, and, and in, you know, for me, I'm just thrilled, okay? I'm thrilled. I finally found out something in life very major, and I want to share that with your listeners. You know, I thought success was a personal achievement until I got to a point that I started doing charity work for others. And I'll be honest with you. My wife and I have more fun and more personal happiness doing things for others than doing for ourselves. That's amazing. That's a beautiful thing. It really is. That's incredible news. And, and you know, we like to hear, I mean, uh, our dog uh, here at home, we got a, uh, a four-year-old Bichon, and he was a rescue. Uh, a couple that had right. him before, they, they were too old to contend for him. We got this fellow, and I'm going to try General Giant's dog food because we found out the same thing. Our vet just told us it's about fat content, too much protein content, so we definitely that, can do, that's uh, another thing. Listen to this. Yeah. Let me give you some real important information for all your listeners. You know, sure. if you go to grocery stores, they tend to carry the least expensive dog foods. Okay? Right. You don't have to worry about protein in, in, in that kind of food because how much protein can you get out of shoe leather, if you know what I'm saying? <laughs> On the other hand, if you go to a pet store, the, the perception of the company selling this, and it's all about marketing. There's no love of animals. It's all about marketing. They, they put more and more protein in. So when you look at the one and you say, oh, this is the one with the highest protein, well, let me tell you something. Anything above 22% protein can prematurely burn your dog's kidneys out. Okay? Oh, and, and, and that's no good either. That shortens your life. But I also want to mention a couple of things about feeding and care I think your listeners would get a kick out of, okay? Let sure. me just tell you how we have these dogs living so long. Number one. You always feed your dog only when your dog is not at stress. Do you know that a dog is at most risk in its life when it is eating? And that's the greatest time of something bad happening to your dog. So you always want to feed your dog when your dog is relaxed. That's number one. Number two, besides cancer, which is still the number one killer, besides getting hit by a car, God forbid, or getting lost, where they dehydrate and they can't get to food and water. The third major killer of dogs in the United States is called bloat and torsion. And it's kind of like when you were a kid and your mom or dad said to you, don't go in the swimming pool for 30 minutes after you eat. Remember that famous saying? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, the reason they told you that is they knew that if you had food on your stomach combined with stress or exercise, you could get a cramp. Humans are much better designed than dogs. If you get a cramp, you can go lay down. In 30 minutes, you're fine, but not a dog. If the dog starts to cramp, the stomach flips and shuts off everything in and out of the stomach, and the stomach immediately begins to die. At that point, you only have 30 minutes to 45 minutes maximum to get them to an expert surgeon. Your own vet can't even do that surgery. This is like an animal emergency clinic or a specialty clinic that has, because it's like open stomach surgery. It's like almost, it's like almost open heart surgery, but it's almost open stomach. So you don't want to have that happen. So here's how you avoid the problem. Always feed your dogs when they're relaxed, okay, and, and not at stress. Number two, 
No exercise, including no walking on a leash for an hour before and after eating. Three, wow. no riding in a car, no motion an hour before or after eating. And then here's the one that everybody's eyebrows go up when I tell them, guys. I, and I know your eyebrows are going to go up, too. We feed our dogs a minimum of five or more times a day, smaller, more frequent meals. And people wow. say to me, why would you do that? And I said, well, go ask your own medical doctor. Next time you see your doctor, ask him the following question, which is, doctor, am I better off eating one or two big meals a day or four or five smaller meals a day? And you know what the answer is. And it's more important for a dog that's not designed as well in a human than, than for a person. And for those of your people who say, well, I can't do that. i got to work eight hours and an hour of driving. You feed your dog in the morning, you feed your dog when you come home at night, and then later, an hour later, put out the food for 10 minutes, an hour later, 10 minutes, and one more time. And what does this do? It makes your dog realize, I don't have to eat all this food right now. My mommy or daddy's going to feed me another hour or two. I'm going to eat at a leisurely pace. And that helps reduce the stress, which shortens dog's life. Wow. That is incredible information, and I'm sure 95% of us had no idea, and I appreciate it because I'm always looking for these questions about my dog, and the vet said the same thing. Don't overfeed him. Don't, you know, try to make sure he's spaced out his meal. So everything you're saying here is, is perfect information. Well, that everybody right. Let me know. tell you the best part. Here's the best part I didn't even mention. We have our dogs living as long as 27 healthy, active wow. years. Wow. Yes, 27 healthy, active years. In fact, our dogs are so healthy, okay, the only time they go to a veterinarian is every three years for a $10 rabies update. And oh, wow. right now, if, if you guys come out tomorrow, fly out here and come out and meet our dogs, I'll introduce you to 24 of the dogs that we have here right now have already lived more than twice their normal lifespan. And oh, wow. This is not a freak accident. This is real. And the one dog right now that we have at 27 her, she, her name is Tara. She's a Russian wolfhound. She's only supposed to live seven to nine years. She's 27. She has lived more than triple her normal lifespan. Well, and you can see her so- on television. If you guys, if you guys get a chance, go to YouTube.com. Type in four words in the search bar: Inside Edition, the name of a television show, Burt Ward, B-U-R-T-W-A-R-D, and up will come up. It'll say. 25-year-old dog, could this be the oldest living pooch in the world? Inside Edition came out two years ago and filmed her. You can see then when she was 25, she's 27 now, and she's healthy. That's Congratulations. That is incredible work. That really, I mean, that is really putting your heart and soul into it, and that's what more people need to do with more items. Uh, even the um, even the, the bag that the food comes in is pretty neat. It looks like he's got some... Uh, Cartoons and comic strip on there. Yes, let me tell you what we did. We believe in telling people and educating people. So on our bag, you don't see an airbrush picture of a dog that obviously couldn't be alive if it's an airbrush picture. We have the actual <laughs> dogs that are eating the food. When we say veterinarian re- recommended, it's a picture of the veterinarian with his own words, with the name of his practice. You could, you could go look it up if you wanted Everything is real because people today want reality. They love their animals. They don't want a bunch of marketing hocus-pocus. They want truth, and they want that animal to live healthy and happy as long as possible. 
Yeah. That's awesome. And, and that resonates with me, too, because uh, my my puppy, we got her when she was six months old from the shelter, and she's going to be eight this year. And I'm just worried because she's getting older, and I just want to, you know, give her the best She's not food old. And, she's yeah. not old. Change her food, <laughs> and she can live 27 years. You know, what's happened at our rescue, we are actually becoming um, – more of a sanctuary for dogs because our dogs are living so long it's hard to adopt a 16 year old great dane when nobody can believe it when they meet them they look at yeah. them like gosh this dog is old but i can't, can't adopt a 16 year old i can't even imagine one living this long so you know <laughs> so our dogs are now living with us and and they're they're getting older they're still healthy and they're happy and everybody can do what took us 24 years and 15,500 dogs to learn about. Again, it's all charity. We take nothing from it. We just love animals. That's an amazing thing. And, you know, we want all our listeners to listen in and, and check it out. If you have a, a dog at home, check out Gentle Giants uh, Dog Food and Products on Facebook. And, and check out their stuff. Let your dog live longer. And, uh, you know, I there's so many brands out there. It's good to know that there's a very safe option for dogs um, exactly and and let them go to gentlegiantsdogfood.com and read about how to care properly for your dog that alone just feeding the way we do and caring for the dog the way we do that that can add three to four years to your dog's life right there even before you change the food yeah incredible that's incredible um, any suggestion, like, um, um, I guess the question that comes out, we're talking about any suggestions about water? I mean, the basic tap water or is any kind of, oh, you know, preferred water? Uh, no, well, I mean, obviously the better the quality of the water, the better, but there is one more thing I forgot to mention to you. Okay. And that is okay. this: when you feed your dog and you give your dog food and water, never put the bowls on the floor. Never always elevate them there's a correct yeah. height for every dog and i'm going to tell you why in a minute the correct height is such that your dog only comes over and tilts his or her head down to eat or drink now let me tell you why you know when you put food and water down on a bowls on the ground your dog has to come over and lean down get his food stand up chew lean down up and down and up and down and here's the secret how we have dogs living so long, which is this. Every stress, no matter how little it is, that you can remove today from your dog's life, you can take that stress and add on to the length of their life. So when you think about it, to make an animal come over up and down and up and down at every meal, you're wearing the dog's body out. (sighs) See what I'm saying? And listen, yeah. you know, when I told you about feeding five or more times a day, there's another reason for that. Have you guys ever gone out and eaten too big of a meal? You come home and you can't even work. You say, i got to just <laughs> lay down and digest. Heck when yeah. you feed a dog <laughs> once or twice a day, that's happening to the dog every wow. day. And you're oh. wearing the dog's body out. We have dogs living so long because we don't wear them out prematurely. And that's such a simple, simple fix. They have those trees now, so it's very doable. Right, but you want to adjust. You might, might, you might need to adjust it. So I tell people, just go get one of these plastic laundry baskets, turn it upside down. You can get them at Walmart, any other number of places. You can get them different heights, and get the right height, approximately right for your dog. And you're going to see that your dog is under much less stress 
And when you feed gentle giants dog food, because it doesn't have all that fat in it, they're never hungry. They eat what they need, and they turn around and walk away from the rest. So cool. That's amazing. Wow, really. I mean, and, and who would have known? I mean, we, we were interested about the Gentle Giant program. I didn't realize there was so much knowledge that goes with it. Now I feel better because I'm going to start bringing these practices to my dog, and I can't thank you enough, Bert, for all your inside information. And it's funny, we had um, – a few months back, we had Anson Williams on the show, and he's got a, a, a charity he's involved in now, and you are too. So some people are drawn to kind of a celebrity status just to get a, a further word out. That's obviously what you're doing here, and it's tremendous. Yes. All I want to do, can I tell you, is I love every dog in America. And by the way, just so you know, there are 80 million dogs in wow. the United States in 67 million households. And wow. what greater gift could you have? than to help not only the animals, but you make the people happy, and they can live longer themselves. You, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. The gift of life is the most precious commodity in the world. And whether you save one dog and all of us, you know, you can rescue a dog, or if you don't can't take a dog, go to your local rescue and donate a blanket or something. Help life yeah. out, because life is the most precious commodity in the world. Yeah. Incredible, just absolutely incredible information. Bert, thank you so much, really. I mean, you, you took the time out to come on and join us. Uh, is there a chance we can get you on again in the near future? Whenever you want. Just call me <laughs> in Gotham City. I've got this Batmobile. I'll dash over there. I'll bring some extra costumes and let you see how much fun they are to put on. <laughs> I've, I've been robbing before for Halloween. I feel your pain. <laughs> well, wait till you try out the real costume. Then you'll really know how much fun it is. <laughs> Amazing stuff From your Batman days to your days in charity Outstanding stuff We'd love to have you on again real soon Burt Ward, ladies and gentlemen Burt, thanks so much for taking time to come out in the stoop We had a blast Well, thank you, citizen To the Batmobile <laughs> Thanks, Burt <laughs> Thank you, Burt, very much Bye-bye Oh, that was That was outstanding Burt Ward um, we finally got him. It was um, we had a little mishap last week. We were supposed to have him here, and we uh, didn't get him. And uh, his PR people and Bird himself were very kind to come on and do a special show with us tonight, a Thursday night. And, and man, awesome! Like just one of those guests. We probably could have ran a couple more episodes. We could have had like a, a three-part show because just hearing about the oh, great, yeah. ah, hearing the information got about dogs and. Uh, and how to prolong a dog's life and proper care of the dog. That's great information. And hearing about the Batman stuff, because I love that show. And uh, just amazing. That that was great. I mean, that is, a, that is a guy that I have loved my entire life. Like I said, I always watch a show. Uh, always Robin. I was been to Robin and, and Bert. Like I said, come on other shows. And I knew, I knew he was going to talk a lot and, and get into it and be fun. And it's everything. Amazing. Thank you so much, Mr. Bert Ward. What did you Oh my God, it's so cool! Like the nostalgia of that, and all the stories he has with Adam West and everything, and being Robin, like it's so iconic now. And and he's really just a legend because he'll forever live on as that character. So it's just so cool to see. And um and yeah, he's doing good for something that a lot of us, you know, don't even a lot of dog owners don't even think about it. Like oh, Purina's good, so. If I'm giving my dog at least Purina, at least she's healthy, right? But uh, yeah. no, there's a, there's a lot more to it, and we have to be educated. We have to be 
knowledgeable with the lives that we bring into our home and our pets are our family so i think it's super important he's doing all this stuff for a super great cause and uh he's not profiting on it so uh he's just doing it for the good of dogs and i really applaud that absolutely i i heard him on a on a, another interview uh another show and um uh, apparently his wife is um it's a family with you know, of wealth which is you know that that's wonderful especially when you give the wealth into a charity and i remember him saying something along the lines of you know his wife's father was just blown away by the fact that here comes bert and they're going to be married they're going to do all this charity work and uh, and she's all for it and that's wonderful we need more people like that that will give tireless effort i've got a lot of friends of mine that work at dog shelters and and animal shelters, and every time you post anything about an animal, they're always liking it and loving it, and and it's great because they don't have a voice for themselves. They can't speak up, but they're our best friend. They really are. My little guy is amazing. I know I joke around about him coming in the studio and barking and all that funny stuff, but he's great, and they're a special part of our lives. Yes, definitely. Yeah, My so I'm going to check that out. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, but it's funny, and like I said, protein content, content, you know, all that is important. We look at it in our own food. We always check and see what we're eating. So check and see what your dog is eating. Thank you, Bert Ford, very much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Uh, we didn't ask him who's going to win the Super Bowl. We should have. But uh. <laughs> we're getting to that point, folks. It's uh, 9.15 p.m. on a Thursday night special edition of the Stoop Radio Show. And, again, we will remind you this Sunday is the Super Bowl. Our Philadelphia Eagles, folks, led by an unlikely superhero himself, Mr. Nick Foles. Two all intertwined. Superhero, Nick Foles, underdog with the dog mask. See how it all works out? It's all intertwined. Underdog. <laughs> and here we go. We're, we're finally going to go to the part of the show where I do my fearless prediction. Um, last year, I was amazing. Sure, I've been good. So I'm going to get it. I'm going to break it down right now. Eagles are coming into the game about a four-point underdog, and that is the role that they do like. They, you know, uh, a lot of people said if Carson Wentz was healthy, give it a push or make it a small favorite or, or something of that nature. Yeah, you're taking on Tom Brady. Brady is known as the GOAT, greatest of all time, if you will, uh, and a very experienced team led by Bill Belichick and his wonderful system. Here's what they're not ready for. They're not ready for a team, like a 100% Bonafide band of brothers, almost, if you will. A group that has found its way together through thick and thin, that has come together to be one of the most fun, excitable teams in the National Football League. Uh, what I think is going to happen, I think they're going to come out and get on us fast, like Minnesota did. Minnesota jumped right on us. Everybody in Philadelphia, go, here we go. But then we found a Minnesota had the top defense in football, and somehow Nick Foles and Doug Peterson found their way around it. I think I think um, I think New England comes out fast, gets a quick touch. In fact, they might even take a ten nothing lead on us. But then that's when the underdogs snap into gear. <laughs> I think we scored two straight touchdowns, take a fourteen ten lead going into the half. Third quarter comes a little bit of a back and forth, a little bit of a shootout. And in the end, with the Eagles up by a small portion, Brady and his boys take a late lead. Let's say 24-21. 
Let's go a little higher. Maybe 27, 24. 27, 24, about two and a half minutes left. Nikki in the ball with the ball. They score, and they take the lead. Brady has three times to get the ball left with a minute and some change, and everybody looks, and all the commentators, and everybody in America, and Facebook's blowing up. Here we go again. Brady's going to break your heart. Only this time his heart's broken. Tom Brady throws an interception. The Eagles take that interception. They down the football. They run out the clock. And your Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. 31-27 to is the final score. Your Eagles from March down Broad Street, Super Bowl champions. That is my prediction. Probably not going to get anywhere near that way, but that's my prediction. Jewel, I am taking the Eagles. We're going to say 31-27. What's your take on this game? Give it to us. Break it down. Jeez. Well, I just felt like I was there when you were telling it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it's going to be close. (sighs) It's going to be nail-biting action, I believe, all four quarters. Maybe it'll be slow in the beginning, but those last two quarters are going to be, like, torture, I feel. Um, I'm, I'm just on the edge of my seat. I have been this whole season and I'm just excited. I'm really excited to see how they're going to play. They always have some kind of fun and it really has been enjoyable watching them play all year. So yeah, I think it's going to be close, but we'll pull it out. Oh, I, I, I like it. You got a score for us? Do I have to predict now? <laughs> um, yeah, go ahead. Give us a, you know, Let's go. I don't know. Twenty three twenty. Us. Twenty three twenty is good. Twenty three twenty one. Oh, that's good too. <laughs> one of those. Twenty twenty one. I like it. You know, I don't care if they win by a half a point. There is no such thing. But I don't even care if they win yeah. by a half a point. I just want to win this game, and I want us to just. Get a parade, and I want the city to go crazy. I want to go off the schneid and stop seeing memes about people and rings. Everybody talks about rings and some stupid, stupid thing about Kim Kardashian got a ring. Why can't the Eagles? I mean, come on. Damn. Kim Kardashian got a ring. So she got that big fat ass. That's why she got a ring. <laughs> what does that mean? She got a Super Bowl ring? Did Reggie? No, win she got a ring, ring like. She got a ring and she's oh, married. Whatever. So if she can get a ring, and it's stupid. I I heard that when she dates someone, they go on to win like the championship. That's what I thought you meant. Yeah, she had the whole like Reggie thing, and yeah, she had that magic touch for a while. Mm. I'll date her. The Eagles win the Super Bowl. Now you know that Kanye <sighs> touched that. I'm done. Ugh. <laughs> Kanye been touching and Kanye and all over that, and good. Yeah. Yeah, but um, I'm really excited. Really excited for this. this Sunday's gonna be great. Um, we're looking at um, we're gonna have some beer. We're gonna get hoagies uh, from Mazanti's. They're big, classic two foot. Taste that baby down. We're gonna have some wings. Uh, and my wife is making something called cracked chicken. Something mm. comes in a crock pot. It's got all, it's got all good stuff in it. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And yeah, I got the TVs ready. We got the sound bars ready. 
uh, I've got every Eagles piece of collection that I have in my life, like smothering me right now. You know, we we've earned it. We deserve this. True fans deserve. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So we got more stoop coming up. Uh, Monday, we have uh, apparently <laughs> uh, messing around. Is that the name of this man? Okay. Yes. They are expected to be on Monday the fifth. So we're definitely uh, hoping that takes off. And we're also hoping on February 7th to be joined by uh, former Playboy model and actress uh, Erica Leniak. Two that are uh, close. We've got to seal those deals. Um, outside of that, we have, don't forget, on February 15th, we do another special Thursday night episode of Stoop. And this one I am so looking forward to, Femmes of Rock. Yes. It's going to be awesome. We're try, going to try and get people pieces uh, to play from the, the ladies. Um, beautiful women that play violins and they play classic songs and they got a uh, rock um, ensemble in the background. It, it's awesome. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, go to YouTube uh, or Facebook. Check out Fens of Rock. Great video. Definitely check that out. And uh, we also have uh, coming up on the show on the 28th of February from the end until death do us part, Emily Tate. Daughter of Queensryche legendary singer Jeff Tate. I'm pumped for that one. I really am excited. I'm excited for everything we got coming up. Um, let's fill this calendar. Let's get more shows. Uh, it's going to be a great February here on the Stoop. Very excited. And new music by a couple different people, so we'll have that all for you as well. Yes, we got new music from uh, former guest Bella Elise. Forward to that. Um, still waiting on the uh, word from Lilith in the night. They do have new stuff coming, especially the end of January, uh, which we passed. So we'll uh, we'll touch base with Lilith and find out what her new music is all about. And we'll be doing some debuts here on the stoop. Speaking of music, one more time before we go into the Super Bowl, Jewel. You know what I'm going to play because I love it so very much. Woo-hoo! You know what I'm playing. Uh, again, on Facebook and Twitter, Eagles Nest 365. That's where uh, a bunch of us Eagles fans get together and we uh, post videos, talk about Eagles, and get hype. One of the members of that band, young man who goes by the name of Rock Fadon, was nice enough to make a rap song for the band, or for the band, for the group, <laughs> Eagles and S365. Uh, it's a song called Going the Distance, and it's a hype video um, and a hype song. It, it's fantastic, and it gets you ready for Eagles football. So we're going to play that one more time to celebrate the Super Bowl, which is this Sunday, and we'll come back to you in a few minutes, and then we'll uh, sign off. Um, the last sign off before Super Bowl Sunday. So look it out. Going the distance. Rock fade on here on the Stoop Radio Show. We'll be back to you in three minutes. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Eagles Nest 365. You with us? You ready to ride out there? I mean, yeah. It's only real Eagles fans around here. The Nets. You ready? You ready? Let's get it. Yeah. All my diehards, are you with me? We representing Eagles Nest 360. Coming up from the bottom to the tip. Just 
that we make it history.